Hello and welcome to the stream. Welcome to Movie Bong, uh, Monday night movie chat. That's what we do here on Twitch uh, every Monday evening. If you're listening to us in podcast form, also welcome, welcome, welcome to you. Uh, now I am joined today by my uh, my. What are you, Mike? What are you to me? What are you, what are you to me? I don't know. I, well, mean, I can't say what I am to you. I didn't like. In my brain, like, because I, I, I thought like sidekick would be insulting. You know, you, you're well, you're you're above that. You're above that. Above um, that. Well, no, so I'm no Robin. <laughs> um, I'm above Robin. So I, I think lover is is fair. I think I think I think I think I'm Mike not, is my lover. <laughs> I'm not getting that much out of this deal. <laughs> Um, and see, if I'm one above Robin, does that make me Batgirl, or does that make me... That's a good point. I mean, Batgirl's definitely cooler than Robin, I'd say. Yeah, and she's less of a sidekick, she's more independent. But, uh, <laughs> she will be. She will act as sidekick, if needed, when Batman's in trouble. So, yeah, interesting. Just call me Batgirl for the rest of this podcast. Alright, mate, I'll call you Batgirl. I'm going to call you Batgirl. Um, so, what are we talking about today? We're doing a very special episode today. We're doing an episode all about Office movies. Yes, not the TV show The Office, or its no. US version, The Office US. Um, movies, Office-based movies. But if uh, The Office did make a movie, then... Yeah. Then it would be right, we, we right be... in this podcast. Right in <laughs> Right then, let's crack on with this episode. We're talking about office movies. Uh, now, what are the movies that spring to mind when you think of office movies? I think of Office Space. Yes, that's a big one. Um, we should say this is a top topical episode. This is, uh, you know, what now that we're easing out of lockdown, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, we, we uh, a lot of us are going back to work. So, a lot of us work in offices. I don't, but. People do. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Office Space is probably the ultimate Office-based movie. But, I mean, that's a straight comedy. The the, the thing with the Office um, scenario, it, it often works as a jumping-off point for, um, like, a horror movie or some sort of action movie or you, you know what I mean? Um, and there's also films that feature themes of office office themes heavily um things like fight club or joe versus the volcano um so yeah what no, we talk about exactly. no no i think that's a really really good place to start uh with this podcast because you know it, we're not just talking about um uh well i mean we are talking about movies that are set in offices um but like it, it is still quite diverse what those movies entail and you're right they can be anything from like uh, a thriller to an indie to a horror to a comedy. Um, but I think you've really uh, hit the nail on the head earlier when you said, you know, we're, people are returning to work at the moment, um, about how topical this is. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast or you're watching on Twitch, I'm sure at some point in your life, you've probably had an office job or you might be going into an office job at some point in your life. And it's such a, it's a shared experience by so many. And I think that's why it's been so popular in movie form. Yes. 
Yes. Um, <clears throat> I mean, you, you know, you could say the same popularity-wise as for the popularity of The Office and um, The Office US and stuff on television. Yeah, totally, um, totally. Thing. But with movies, you've got to be... Obviously, with TV shows like The Office, you can really show the mundanity of an office um, with the stretching narrative, uh, the, the different episodes. Um, with a film, you've you've got to really sort of be clever about it. Now, Office Space does that brilliantly, obviously, and it features just all all the comedy and the um, and the tragedy and just everything involved in Office work. Um, Mike Judge is just very good at that kind of um, comedy and a satirical American comedy. I was going to say, I mean, like Mike Judge is fantastic. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of his. Um, and I, I do think like this is one of his, uh, you know, best examples of his genius. I mean, I, I'm actually, I'm still a huge fan of his. I mean, his work on, um, Silicon Valleys at the moment is a, fa it's a fantastic sitcom. I, I think it's, um, it really is unmatched satire in, in some respects. I mean, I don't watch Veep as much. I'm sure that's, that's pretty strong as well. Um, but what I've been really impressed with. Uh, Silicon Valley's is like it remains uh, relevant and funny in the same way that his old comedies did, you know, 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, apparently he is rebooting Beavis and Butthead again. Oh, really? Um, because that was yeah. that was rebooted not so long ago, I think, through like MTV and stuff. About nine years ago, I think they did yeah. another, another series. Um, but it just sort of came and went. They tried to just produce it as it was, really, just with the added bits of... They removed a lot of the talking over music videos and they had them talking over reality TV programmes and things like that to make it seem a bit more contemporary. But it just... It, was just, it felt a bit flat, uh, I felt. Um, so I think... This new reboot of it may be like a proper reboot, but I don't know what the hell they're going to do with it to make it contemporary and work because it is quite dated. As much yeah, it, it's an interesting one. I think I think you. Um, I mean, Beavis and Butthead is uh, a property of its time. It's very nineties. It's very Gen X. It's the epitome of Gen X sensibilities, and it's difficult to update that. I think the only way you do it is if you. You, you kind of age them and you make them like 90s characters in a 21st century world, you know, struggling to come to terms with that. Yes, I think they may do them as older um, characters and have the, the children maybe in it. I don't know whether he might reinvent it as a more of a family comedy, who knows. Um, yeah. Kingpin was very, uh, not Kingpin, King of the Hill. Uh, Kingpin's a completely different thing. Comedy about bowling. Uh, King of the Hill, I, I thought was brilliant. Not everyone got on board with it, but I think it's one of the greatest animated uh, long-form sitcoms going. I think it's brilliant. I think that King of the Hill also is, um, like, people forget how clever it is. It's, um, I mean, I can't think of a, a, a better satire of, of, like, American class war than yeah. King of the Hill. Like, it's all about classism. It's, it's very intelligent. Yeah, and um, a, lot of the, a lot of the episodes of King of the Hill, especially with sort of a few seasons in, they're, they're like mini-movies, a lot of them, are just really tight plot lines and um, really well thought out. 
um, yeah, fantastic show. Well, so yeah, carry on. Uh, whilst we're on the topic of talking about animations, uh, maybe we should discuss uh, an animation which I think uh, influenced a lot of the movies we're going to be talking about today, and that would be Dilbert. Yes. Now, Dilbert was a comic strip, um, and uh, yeah, Dilbert was a comic strip and became uh, an animation. Um, they've never, I don't think they've made any sort of live action. Um, version of it and uh, it, that was mike judge as well wasn't it no 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 oh no. really Dilbert's someone completely different i can't remember his name and apparently i don't know i could be wrong here we'll have to do some research i think the guy who made dilbert may be a bit of a dick but <laughs> oh okay <laughs> but that aside um yeah when i found dilbert like comic strips as a kid uh, I really digged it. I thought it was hilarious. And then when I got the cartoon, I had it on video, I think. I had about three episodes on it. Um, Daniel Stern did the voice uh, from Home Alone stuff. He was the voice of Dilbert in the cartoon. And um, it was really cool. It was, yeah, it was really good. Um, it would have been interesting making a film version, but then Office Space did a lot of the same stuff, but in film version. That was based off a short Mike Judge cartoon, I believe. Sure, sure. Yeah, no, I mean, I, it, it, it's interesting, isn't it? Because, I mean, uh, I mean, have you have you worked in, in an office? Well, I've had jobs um, where I've ha had to be in an office as well. There's never been, like, fully just in the office, you know, bits and bobs. But, sure. uh, yeah, sometimes later on in my work, when I worked in the museum, I, uh, yeah, there was, there was office-related activities. Because I think the reason why, like, Dilbert is so popular and why office movies are so popular is again because people have had that shared experience and there's so many um small things that are so specific to office settings you know the water cooler moments of life etc um that's why filmmakers keep keep returning to to this location and what's really interesting is now in 2020 um you know that the future of offices as an efficient workplace is um is unknown you know like we we might not be um going to work in offices in the same way we have been for the past uh, few decades in the future and um, so it'd be interesting to see where office movies end up yeah i mean you can say that about a lot of the industries um, retail and pubs it's going to be different on that note yeah. Look at a bottle, actually. Hang on. Oh, good sound effect. Um, yeah, so because we're actually discussing the difference between like office based movies and like retail movies, because that's its own genre, right? Yeah, well, I, I found um, I did a little bit of research earlier today, and uh, I've seen a few places which combine the two and refer to them as workplace movies. Yeah, that's what I was saying to you earlier. Are we doing office-based? Are we doing work-based? Now, when it's like referred to as workplace, I kind of get it a bit more. But that being said, I, I looked through a, a list on IMDb and it was like workplace movies. And after a while, it kind of gives up on its own premise. Fucking Ace Ventura was in there. You know, yeah, like, well, like because he's, he's at work, I guess. Yeah. Well, then you could say that about... Any exactly. private detective movie or any police movie 
or any movie. <laughs> exactly. Um, that, that's why I thought it was best to sort of stick within the confines of the office for this episode. <laughs> Iron Man, you know, like Avengers, they're just they're just at work. <laughs> uh, Star Trek. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So office. So you know, work based ones. There's huge work based movies like Hood Sucker Proxy. Um, yeah, I mean, because like, we were talking um, uh, before we went on air about uh, different movies, whether they be considered office movies. I mean, I, I consider Hot Soccer Proxy is definitely something that we can discuss today because of the like, it's all about um, the environment of a workplace, like all of that, you know, all the filing stuff down in the press office. I mean... I mean, I think that's fantastic, and and I also I see elements of that in movies like like Brazil, which yeah. is you know a, a pretty intense, massive, epic sci-fi, and it's interesting um, that even that genre includes uh, aspects of offices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's also it's sort of office sci-fi. Um, I mean, I I don't know if. Um, if, if people watching are huge fans of the movie Brazil, I mean, y you should go and watch it. It's a fantastic film. But whilst it is a big, silly um, sci-fi movie with giant space dream samurais, it is actually, at its heart, just a really silly film about bureaucracy. Yeah. It, it's a really silly film about paperwork going awry. And what's more office space than that? Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mentioned a film earlier called Joe versus the Volcano. Tom Perfect. Hanks, Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan. That starts and it's brilliantly made that film. It starts and it's all really grey, blue and grey colours. And it just starts with Tom Hanks being incredibly depressed and him going to work every day in this horrible office with just queues of people all lining up to go in. And um, just, you know, painting it as depressing as it can be. Um, and then there's the Meg Ryan's there. But the clever thing about that, this film is that this, this sort of three female characters touch his life in some way. Uh, and they're all different women, but they're all played by Meg Ryan. Um, so she plays several people in this movie. Um, it's a weird film, but it is about escape. And it's about escaping that mundane um, office life. And he goes off to on a quest for himself in a volcano um <laughs> on the request of uh lloyd bridges <laughs> um it's like a ritual thing watch it it's a great film but um and also fight club which is all about um sort of you know the mundane office mm -hmm. and escaping it yeah. through eating the shit out of your your mate <laughs> yeah i mean uh Again, another example of it being used um, in the sort of like the 90s Gen X nihilist aesthetic. It feels like offices seem to be always paired with this uh, view of, I don't know, like just sadness, you know, de depressed force repetitive work. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just fucking sad and depressing <laughs> but i think that's why i've never wanted to work in an office always avoided it i think it's because that whole moviness has been ingrained into my brain you know what i mean um yeah i mean i've worked in some awful offices i've worked in some all right offices but you know there's still so much um 
to make fun of and and to pull drama from in in an office space. Have you ever seen Boiler Room? Yeah, oh, is that the Ben Affleck one? Uh, I think I saw it once. It's so so. It was released in two thousand. Which I don't know if you remember movies that were released in two thousand, but their aesthetic has dated terribly. Like there are films you can watch from the seventies that look more up to date than the two thousands for some fucking reason. I don't know what they were doing. Um, yeah. Like like before this episode, I did a little bit of research, and I thought in my head, I thought Boiler Room was made in the eighties. It's not at all. It was released in the year two thousand. Um, it's got Vin Diesel in and um, Giovanni yeah. Ribisi. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, it's basically kind of, it's essentially uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, um, but all roided up like he's had a few protein shakes. It's, it's that, that's the film. Like it's all about, you know, buy, sell. Sell, sell, bye, bye. And then someone comes in and has like a really cocky speech about why everyone's a dumb fuck and why he's an alpha wolf or something. Um, I mean, it was very, before its time, it was very Wolf on Wall Street. Yeah, but it sounds like a shit version of Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, which is a brilliant film, if anyone uh, has never seen it, about salesmen. Yeah, and that, I and I definitely think Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross fits into this uh genre quite nicely i mean uh what a great film all about you know um the loss one can experience uh whilst in employment you know like um getting fucked around by by your boss and being asked to do all sorts of exploitative things yeah everyone in that film is fantastic pacino brilliant obviously jack lemon's heartbreaking and um but i love i love the first like 10 minutes or five minutes yeah. where, where Alec Baldwin's in it. And then he's, I think he's only in it at the beginning, but he's just absolutely brilliant. I mean, like the real star of Glengarry Glen Ross is the writer. It's David Mamet, the guy who put it all together. Fantastic screenwriter. Um, do try and check out some of his stuff. Um, but I, and I would say that's one of his greatest as well. That's a great place to start. I think he might have written the part, the, the Spanish prisoner as well. Yeah, I think he did. I think you're right. Um, a brilliant sort of corporate espionage movie with Steve Martin in. Um, it's fantastic. Um, yeah, so that's not quite office, but near enough. <laughs> uh, same vibe. Do you know what for me is the most memorable office scene in a movie? No, t- tell me, us, everyone. The Matrix, yes. The yes. the 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 cube the, the that office scene in the first Matrix film. There's something about like it's just quintessential fucking office on film. Like there's nothing. There's been nothing more officey, in my opinion, <laughs> than that scene from The Matrix because it's all about you know like obviously they're within a machine and you're not aware of that at that point in the film, but that's what it's setting up, you know, like um, the, the the rat race of it all. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. Um, and you've re- also reminded me, um, and Office features in this movie in a similar way as it does in The Matrix. Um, a lot of stuff is similar to The Matrix. And there's a film called Wanted uh, starring James McAvoy. Oh, yeah, I, I um, know of Wanted. <laughs> 
And there's a moment in that where he, he, you know, he works in an office and there's a lot of office stuff in that. And he goes back to his office and there's a moment when he smacks um, Chris Pratt, is it, uh, over the in the face with a keyboard. <laughs> and um, the keyboard buttons smash off and, and they spell fuck you <laughs> as, as they fly towards the camera. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a very silly film, wasn't it? Very silly. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not bad. I'd like to talk about um, yes. about offices and their potential in horror films. Well, yeah, this is the big one. Um, because whilst we might think of like an office movie as, you know, maybe a, a silly rom-com or something, um, there's been loads of great office horrors. And like... I think we sometimes we overlook how terrifying an environment they can be. Well, yeah, it's interesting what you say about comedies. Like, obviously, um, as we said, Office Space is so huge. It's a sort of ultimate office film. Before that, there was Nine to Five starring Dolly Parton, um, which is obviously a big stage show now. But um, that is obviously, so Offices was was big, could easily do comedy, sex comedy, romance, that kind of thing. But horror, um, it's become its own sort of subgenre, like mm-hmm. office horror, yep. corporate yep. horror. I like the sound of. Um, but so we've watched a few of the big hitters. If there's any more, I'd love to find out. But yeah, what what do you want to talk about? The ones that we've I mean, seen? I'll start with one that I've seen. Uh, the one that I really enjoyed. Now I've seen, you know, uh, I have seen some not very good reviews of this film. So like. Maybe it's just me that really liked it, but I really enjoyed the Belco experiment. Yeah, I agree. I enjoyed it. Been a while it, since I've seen it, but it's good. It's uh, you know, a, re- a really tight film. It's got a really simple setup. All these people are going to work at an office. Um, that their their office has recently like moved countries. I believe they've they've moved locations. Um, and they all go into this new office on day one, and all of a sudden, all the doors lock, and there's um, an announcement that says uh, you need to kill three of your co-workers or, you know, people will die. Uh, people, they then don't kill those co-workers and spoilers, people start getting shot and killed and murdered and uh, all hell breaks out. And it's, you know, it's about human survival, uh, human in ridiculous uh, situations that are pitted against each other. And um you know, it's about the breaking point. You know, some people succumb to this, to, to violence, and some people try to remain not cunts. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I would agree with you. I enjoyed um, this film a lot. Uh, what I don't know if this is on any streaming services. I know all the others we're about to mention are, but I don't know about this one. I'm, I'm not uh, sure, but I, I'm sure. Um, I mean, I've been. I'm 99 certain that you will be able to at least rent it off of some site for three pound fifty. Yeah, that be yeah. Amazon or YouTube. It's a, it's a popular probably, film that's been released in the last couple of years. Yeah, It'll be available yeah. some. Yeah, um, but I recommend checking it out. It is. It's it's a strong little indie action packed, um, no nonsense, just really cool concept, um, and yeah, it works. Um, but there's another one on Shudder called um, Mayhem. Yeah, well, I, I was going to say, um, <coughs> whenever I've heard Belco Experiment discussed, 
it's always been with people saying how um, Mayhem was better. So I thought, you know, obviously you've seen both. So I, I wondered if you if you had an opinion on that. Um, well, yeah. Because they're very and, similar. That's why I say it in the same breath. Yeah. And there's two others that I'm going to mention as well that are quite similar as well. Out of out of the out of these four, possibly uh, Mayhem and Bilko Experiment are the best. I don't know which is better. Mayhem's possibly a bit slicker. Seems like it might have a little bit more money behind it. I don't know. Um, the, the the cast is a bit more vibrant. I don't know. Um, so maybe Mayhem might be the best of the bunch, but I don't know. Bilko Experiment is really cool. Um, so. Yeah, Mayhem, let's talk a bit about that. They unleash a virus in this um, office block. And, you know, it's a bit like the old uh, classic rage thing. Sends people fucking mental. Um, but, I, yeah, I don't think it kills people. Um, like, the actual virus doesn't kill people. Sure. It, it, it gives people the ability to kill others. Um, so, and and they sort of... They secretly test, like trap these these workers in this building, um, and sort of just do this secret test and sacrifice a shitload of them to sort of see, um, yeah. What and it it, it goes fucking mad. <laughs> but you do have um, Samara Weaving, who's a current screen screen queen, she's done a lot of great, yeah, uh, she's genre great pieces, horror pieces, um, like Ready or Not. Um and Guns Akimbo, Daniel Daniel Radcliffe. Um, so she's great. She's popping up a lot of stuff. She's just as reliable in this. Um, so yeah, I'd really recommend this, but it's possibly a bit more flash and um big bang bang fight scenes than Belko. Belko's a bit rawer, um, a bit more intimate and intense, maybe. So I don't know, but they're, they're both great. Watch okay. them both. <laughs> that's interesting um but then you've got also um there's two that maybe on more on the comedy scale but there's there's on a, i think it was was it, it's either amazon prime or netflix one of them um has office uprising which is um i think that's that's like an energy drink that turns people into sort of angry zombie people um <laughs> It's got the guy who played Chuck and uh, Shiz, the, in, he was in Shazam, played the, the superhero form in sure. Shazam. Yeah. And he Oh, you mean, a, you mean Bargain Bin John Krasinski? That's the man. <laughs> um, he, plays the, he plays the boss and he's quite good in it. Um, but it, it's not bad. It's a very silly sort of stoner office horror comedy, um, but it kind of does exactly what it says on the tin kind of thing. Um, it is very similar to Mayhem. Um, not as good. Um, but still good fun. Um, you know, not bad. Short. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. There's a really good um, Korean movie called Office. It's just called Office. Um, I mean, you'll be really surprised to know that it's set in an office um but it's a it's it's a fantastic horror film it's um i also think it's one of those few uh korean films that work really well for a western audience like i don't think that you need much um 
uh, extra cultural understanding to sit down and enjoy this film. If you if, if subtitles don't bother you, then I definitely recommend going and watching Office. It's it, I think it was maybe released in 2011, around that time, definitely within the last 10 years. So um, it's horror. What's the premise? So, I mean, it has been a while ago since I've watched it, but I believe it's along the lines of there is a serial killer at loose in the city. Um and there are suggestions that it is someone within this office space. Okay. And there's a few twists and turns, but I remember really enjoying it, enjoying it when I sat down and watched it. And I, I watch a lot of Korean movies, like I'm a big fan of the Korean film industry, and I remember this one in particular sticking out as being pretty darn good. Right, right. Okay. Well, yeah, so that does sound interesting. The other horror one I was going to mention was um, Blood Sucking Bosses, which I think is on streaming sites, Shudder, Netflix, maybe. Oh, I sh um, now, I don't know, but I think Office might be on Netflix. It definitely used to be. Okay. So yeah. maybe check that out. Note these films now. Check them out. But um, Blood Sucking Bosses, I saw, I think, when it came out, it was called Blood Sucking Bastards. Um, but I think they changed the name to make it a little bit more respectable. Um, so there's blood sucking bosses, but that is this is one that's classic. It's just like mayhem, just like um, uh, yeah, the other ones we mentioned, Bilko, um, and Office Uprising particularly. But it's vampires. It's not zombies like Office Uprising. Um, it's uh, yeah, this they get a new. It's an office that gets a new boss, and that new boss was like this jock that the the, the sort of nerdy lead knew years ago but he's all a bit different and he's a bit vampiric <laughs> and uh, he's a vampire and so yeah and and then he's slowly turning the office into vampires um and that's that's a really cool sort of silly knockabout comedy but um it's really gory a lot of blood so uh yeah i'd recommend it and actually the fucking the, the villain is what's his name mandalorian um, oh pedro pascal yeah, he plays the he plays the Ooh. bad guy, and, he's, and he has fun in the role as the vampire. Uh, he's he's a very sort of fright night style vampire. Oh, uh, I want to see him as a vampire. I want to watch this now. Well, yeah, watch Bloodsucking Bosses. It's it's a, it's a good laugh. Um, anything else to say on office movies before we move on to our pitch section? I don't know because I, I think I've named I've named the big horror office hitters that um, people should definitely check out. Um, so I don't know if there's anything else. We talked about the, the movies that hint on office stuff, your fight clubs and all that. So I don't know. Yeah, no, I think, um, I think that's a pretty decent, um, I think, I think that's a pretty decent selection of uh, office movies we've chatted about there. Uh, and I think it's about time we go into our pitch section. Uh, now this is what, this podcast is all about um, what we do every week is we pitch silly movie ideas, movies that do not exist within our theme of the week. This week's theme is office movies. So we're going to be pitching some really stupid office films. Um, Mike, I believe it's, it's your turn to go first. Yes, let's do this. Let, let's go to work. <laughs> Yeah, just throwing out the idea now of, of a Dilbert movie and a live-action Dilbert movie. 
Sure. Now, who who would you have played Ilbert? I was going to say Jim Gaffigan. Oh yes, yes, yes. Hot pocket guy. Uh, he's he's been doing a lot of film work. Um, he he was in the new Chris Morris film that we watched. Right. Oh yeah, the day shall come. Yeah, he was the he played a Nazi. Right. The biker yeah, yeah. Nazi. The biker Nazi. Yeah. Anyone like that? So yeah, yeah, that wouldn't be a bad idea. If anyone's got an ideas, any ideas um, for a Dilbert movie? Um, before we go in, in, into one of my ideas, um, my friend Phil, uh, Phil Coombe, who's a, a listener and friend of the show, um, he had an idea actually sent sent it to me earlier. Oh, um, and it was similar to what you were talking about with um, that movie, The Office. That um, what was that? A Korean horror film you're talking about? Yes. Um, now. My friend Phil was saying more. Think of Office Space, the movie. You know, there's a character in that. The, the the I can't remember his name now. The guy with the glasses. Yeah. Um. Sort of, uh, or just that general sort of the the office weirdo, the office sort of guy that you know the jobs worth. He's he's you know what I mean. That kind yeah. of yeah. that kind of guy. Um. But uh, him becoming like a, a slasher, a serial killer, and a, and a proper sort of office-based slasher, but just, you know, purely set inside the office cubicles and office uh, environments. Um, surely there's got to be some good office slasher, sort of Halloween-esque office horror movies. Yeah. No, I could see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? Death by Stapler. I mean... There's so many, there's so much scope for uh, weaponry, I think, <laughs> um, you know, from an, uh, an office standpoint. Um, so, so yeah, so, so there's that, a guy with a really sharp pencil. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of, we see this in, in office horror, but there's a lot, there's a lot of uh, scope for, for creative deaths. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, there is. Yeah, so so there's that idea, but I don't know what you call it. Death by stapler, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, but what I was thinking was, um, I have always enjoyed um, shrinking technology in movies. Okay, yeah, sure. Um, now, there's a lot, there's, there's the brilliant bit in Ant-Man, um, or one of the Ant-Man films, um, well, I think it, it, maybe it's the plot of one of them. Uh, the, the, they'd like shrink an office down and like put it in a in a bag and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The idea of shrinking offices and stuff and shrinking buildings and so you can put them in your pocket and stuff. Um, that's brilliant, I think, and I, I love that kind of thing. Um, but I don't know whether I want to do a super whether it should be a superhero or not. But like just, office man. Stationary man, just float the idea around, right? So there's this guy um, played by I don't know, Seth Rogen's a slacker in. Um, he works in an office. Um, he's about to get fired, um, but the office guy's like Seth. The character would be called Seth as well. <laughs> Seth, um, uh, we could either fire you or you could agree to um, take part in these really dangerous, untested. Um, you know, science experiments we've got going on. 
um, to shrink someone in the office so they can spy on everyone throughout the day um, to just to check if they're doing their job properly. You know wouldn't, I mean? wouldn't it be easier to install like a spy camera? Yeah, yeah. Than like camera. shrinking spy. a whole person. No, 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 spy cameras can only do so much. And people find cameras that, I mean, who's going to suspect a tiny Seth Rogen um, running around your office? And now, are there not safety issues? Is he not going to get sat on? Well, this this is where the, the adventure and the thrill comes in to the movie. Um, so, so, you know, Stage Screen Man has essentially, you know, he's assigned to, uh, yeah, just to check up on all his colleagues, basically. But then he 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 has to deal with you know issues of loyalty, <laughs> guilt with his mates who are really aren't doing their job properly at all. They can be played by all Seth Rogen's mates, you know, uh, Jay, what's his name, James Franco, people like that, um, Danny McBride, <laughs> and uh, and uh, and yeah, you know, uh, uh, and he's got to like snitch, you know, or maybe the woman he loves. Um, played by Scarlett Johansson or someone, um, you know, maybe she's not doing her job very well, and he's got a snitch on it, but he doesn't want to. But then, um, and then, the, like the boss, uh, who's played by um, an evil Colin Firth, um, <laughs> he, he he keeps him little, and he's like, "No, fuck you! I'm going to keep you little, and you're going to be in my office and work." Uh, and then he's got to he's got to try and communicate with his mates and get them to help him and and realize that he's little um, and there's a big you know standoff at the end where his mates help him and uh, yeah he beats evil Colin Firth so I think that, that I've wrapped it up nicely there. <laughs> can I make a suggestion? No. Uh, no. Yes. Yes, you can go go for it. That's can what we're can stationary man. Stationary have a sidekick called Post-It. I guess so. What what does Post-It do? Post-It just the same as Stationary Man. They're sticky. Oh. They maybe climb walls because they're sticky. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, Anna Kendrick gets shrunk down <laughs> uh, into Post-It. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and then yeah and then he yeah but then like he likes this like normal sized woman scarlett Johansson. but then he realized that him and post it maybe he should get it on at the end and yeah there we go but she's sticky yeah. Yeah. um so yeah so uh, yeah but then calling it so stationary man um i mean did we did we discuss the origin than, story how does he become stationary man well, it was it was he he gets called into the office and they're going to fire him, but they say no, we're going to do these tests on you because they of they, course yes, doing, I remember um, they've been using science to do tests on things. <laughs> I mean, like, could he get changed dead quick, like in the stationary cupboard? You know, yeah. I'm trying to think of things that aesthetically, you know, keep it on track with the stationary theme. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I was like sharpen pencils up his arsehole. Yeah, I don't know whether it's just that office, and when he walks into that office, or he, he becomes small. Um, <laughs> but then when he leaves it, he's like normal, and, and then it's it's like you know it's a metaphor for 
for how small you feel going to work and Ooh. just doing this job over and over. This has got levels, this film. That's deep, man. <laughs> yeah. Deep. Um, so he can't go back to the office because he knows when he goes into the office, um, the thing or the serum kicks in or, the, or maybe there's a thing in his neck that clicks, something, and he goes small. And yeah. then evil Colin Firth, his boss, is like, ah, you're small again and working for me. <laughs> um, but then he fights against the system and then he teams up with his with his mates who are all still normal-sized and they um, start their own company and, uh, you know, f- fuck off. Um, but then the twist is that he never regains normal height again. <laughs> and he's tiny, but they use it, and, and so's Anna Kendrick, but they've got it on, so it's fine. And Scarlett Hansen's fine. She gets it on with Danny McBride or someone. Who cares? I mean, um, she's evil. Maybe she dies. I don't care. Carry on. <laughs> this is uh, reminding me a lot of uh, the movie Downsizing. Yes. You know, just because, I mean, obviously not just the shrinking. It's not just about the shrink. It's about, like... Um, I mean, it's about like human worth and dissatisfaction and, and yeah. personal relationships. Yeah. Um, and that movie was a huge failure, although I liked it. I enjoyed it. But I'd like just this film to be a success rather than follow that film as being a complete failure. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? I do. Um, so, but then calling it Stationary Man... You, you you're going into superhero territory too much but i don't know yeah no i mean it's tricky you know because there's so many different directions I mean, we were talking earlier about how many different genres um the office setting fits into and i think this is one of those cases where you know like this could fit into so many different genres this could be a horror if you wanted it to, this this works as a superhero film. This works as a comedy. This works as a, a pretty heavy drama. <laughs> heavy, yeah, you know, yeah. and it, of, you know yeah. it works. Um, you know, there's a lot of symbolism uh, opportunities for like metaphysical blah 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 bullshit, or you could just play it straight. You know about the realities of working in an office. Yeah. But like, <clears throat> excuse me, it ends and he's still small, but they use him as like a mascot for their new company. <laughs> um, and and it makes them tons of money. Um, oh, that's, I like that actually. I could see that. I could see like an advert of him being like, you know, uh, <laughs> like like the meerkats for Compare the Market, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, hi, yeah. I'm Little Andy or whatever his fucking name is. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, just give him his own. He'll have his own film by, <laughs> in a few years' time. But, uh, yeah, so so the, the Shrinking Office or Stationary Man, <laughs> um, that, that's my idea. No, I like it. And I, I really like the... Um... You know how how important to the story the, the idea of you know him 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 feeling small you know like like bringing in that extra layer um, that, that deals with his you know emotional side. I, I think that's that's quite clever. Well, I am very deep, and I think um, all my films have a deep deepness. Oh, really? Do you? 
don't you think? A deep deepness. A deep, deep, deep deepness. Not depth, but a deep deepness. Oh, not depth, no. No. Um, but a deep deepness. Sure, yeah, of course. So, uh, what's your pitch then? Uh, right. I've got two ideas. Um, both very different. Um, the first one, right. Okay. On paper, it's a really silly idea. But what I've got to stress is for my idea to work, it has to be played dead straight as as if this is normal and it's fucking happening um at no point should it fall into easy comedy or silly laughs and giggles it's uh it's funny because it doesn't do that i will now explain what my idea is so um (laughs) a medieval king works in an office right uh like, like, he's a king from medieval times. Um, but the thing that, that kind of makes this, my idea work, or, or, or not work, rather, is like, so he he's just like, a, he is a medieval king, but he lives now, um, and he doesn't like live in a castle or anything. He's just got a flat in Salford. Um, but he doesn't have a car. He does ride a horse, and he does wear chain mail, and he looks like a fucking king but he's actually just you know out and about in the 21st century right like it it requires a a suspension of disbelief like it doesn't make sense but he is a medieval king and he does work in an office um he's not king arthur sorry is he King Arthur or is he just a king? I mean, he could be. I mean, if that's what grounds this story in a reality that makes it more watchable, I'll go with it. Okay. Um, so, yeah, let's say it's King Arthur um, and it's about him. He's just going in and he's just doing an office job um, and it's played dead straight. It's sort of like it would be an A24 indie film. You know, you'd it would do really well at like South by Southwest Film Festival and stuff like that. Um and it would it would be played like dead straight, you know, like loads of long panning shots of this medieval king on a bus, you know, waiting for a bus, getting on the bus, you know, just doing his daily routine. A medieval king doing <laughs> a daily right. routine. Um, go on. Could I add that you have, well, the office building itself being a sort of, well, essentially being Camelot. And then you're having uh, the round table, like a board meeting. Um, so that's a whole element there. Maybe yeah. you have King, maybe it's a, a, a modern office retelling of King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table. Well, well I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm all I'm all on board for that idea. I mean, that, that does sound interesting. But, but for, for, for this idea, I mean, I could, you know, like he could work for like Camelot stationery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I d- and and I do, I do think it would be funny for him to reference something about a round table. But I still kind of think for this idea to really work, it has to shy away from all of those those obvious comedy elements, and it, it might result it being 
boring, but I think that's kind of the point. I think the whole point is that this is a really, really dull shit film, but it stars a medieval king. So why is he there? Well, I mean, so, I mean, obviously I've done the setup. I haven't really spoken about what happens in the film. Um, Basically, the film is about him getting on with his office job. It's about him struggling to get to grips with it because he's a medieval king and he's used to just chopping cunts' heads off. Um, But he's not allowed to do that anymore. He has to be nice to Janet and he has to, you know, take some sips by the water fountain and he has to be like a dead chill normal guy. So the movie will be about him coming to terms with that and and sort of rising ranks through his office. Like... I could see him slowly getting better at his job, you know, uh, being there on time for the meeting, making sure he's finished his memos or he's up to date and he's filled in his reports on time and whatever. Maybe he gets some promotions. Yeah. At some point, I think he should, he should um, succeed in his job. I think he should get a promotion. I think he should do well at some sort of like staff party. You know, um, the staff Christmas party, he's holding court. He's, you know, he's doing a joke and he he lands a joke finally after like months and months of him being awful because he's got like the humor of a medieval king. Um, And then eventually what happens, like he does start to succeed and he starts to do well. But at one point, I think a co-worker betrays him. Um. And he like loses his shit. Like he he can't take this this minor betrayal, and he just goes into the office with a battle axe and murders everyone. Uh, nice. Um, yeah, quite quite dark. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just really really boring. Like a really really annoyingly boring film, and then at the end. He murders everyone. I think that'd be like that's a really nice balance of like it's like too much at the end, balanced with too little throughout the film, will make it artistically valid. Yeah, maybe because you want it quite drab and dull. I'm, I mean, I'm thinking Max von Sydow's Night in the Seventh Seal. I love um, it. Kind of that just oh, grey sort of king or well knight, but a king uh, in this case. Um, yeah, it's an interesting concept. <laughs> Funnily enough, Mike, um, yeah. you might notice I stop and start there because I edit this down for a podcast, so it doesn't fucking matter what I do right now. Anyway, hey. funnily, you should mention The Seventh Seal because I've actually watched that yesterday. Really? Yeah. We just, don't, we don't I just plan this. I watched, uh, uh I watched. Well, I mean, because uh, that's a that's a it's, a it's a European movie from like the the fifties, uh, black yeah. and white. Ing- Ingmar Bergman, yeah. Uh, and I, I actually really enjoyed it. I, I got a similar vibe to like when we sat down and finally watched the Universal movies. Me and you, you know, Frankenstein, Dracula, all of those. Those were actually really enjoyable films. Um, even watching them now in twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah, no, fantastic films. Um, but maybe, yeah, we're talking about office-based movies tonight. Maybe an office-based version of The Seventh Seal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Computer Chess. There is a film called Computer Chess, actually, um, which is meant to be really good. But, um, yeah, no, that's a, that's an interesting idea. You're talking about um, medieval 
characters in modern times as well. I don't know. There's um, some French films starring Jean Reno called The Visitors, maybe, or um, where there's a, he's like a knight and a monk kind of uh, find themselves in modern day France. I think the first one came out in the late 80s. Or, um, and they did an American remake of it with the same actors. Um, yeah, sounds interesting. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. What would you call what would you call this film? Um King of the Office. <laughs> it's a film about a king who works in an office, and yes, let's call it King of the Office. <laughs> um, um, I've got another idea though. Right. Right? Go. I'm not I'm not coming to this podcast well, with one idea. I've just come up with another idea as well, so so yeah, I'll throw another one out after you. Oh, okay, cool. Well, I mean, obviously, this podcast is all about silly film ideas, so uh, I'll give you another one. Uh, right, okay, so, you know the movie Falling Down? Yes. I've got a controversial opinion. Oh, steady on. It's a good film. The what movie Falling Down is an office movie that doesn't quite make it to the office. Yeah, fair enough. No, it is almost an office movie, basically an office movie, an he, office man movie. He's on his way to the office, but he gets mm. sidetracked and, you know, goes and shoots up a Korean corner store. But if he didn't do that, he would just go to an office. Yeah. So so what I'm suggesting is um, is a remake, a reimagining of the movie Falling Down with Michael Douglas reprising his role as the main character. And in this film, uh, the traffic's fine. <laughs> and and he, may, he, may, he just makes it to work. He just has like a, a fine day. Like it's just, an, it's just a normal, all right day. Uh, you know, I, I think that would be really, really funny. I really want to see that. Um, just, you know, at the end of his day as well, he can go for like a nice walk along the pier. Yeah, yeah. You know? He, yeah, we get a nice meal from a fast food restaurant yeah. on the way home. Um, Joel Schumacher, the director, died recently. Um, oh. you should, uh, yeah, he's a brilliant director, made Lost Boys, um, those shit Batman movies, um, but, <laughs> uh, Phone Booth, which is a great film, and Falling Down, which is a fantastic non-office, office-based movie. Because we could call it Falling Up. <sighs> Climbing up the corporate ladder, in brackets. <laughs> um, <you know, laughs> there's defence on the front, so, you know, the thumbs up. Yeah, it would work. Um, climbing up the corporate ladder, Michael Douglas. I mean, Michael Douglas is um, no stranger to the corporate office movie scenario being in Wall Street. Um, yeah, good point. What's a, a big office movie, we, sh we should say, really. Which um, randomly got a sequel no one asked for or wanted. Yeah, wasn't Shia LaBeouf in it? I'm not um, sure. I don't think anybody saw it, so I don't think well, anybody can... <laughs> they brought the character Gordon Gecko back. Um... What about a Disney animated version of Wall Street? You know, Gordon Gecko being an actual gecko. Oh, what like a Zootopia? Yes. Is this your is this your second pitch? No, I've Ooh. got another one. This literally just came to me then. Oh, <laughs> I'm a, I'm like a Hollywood in a 
in a man. Yeah, I mean, I mean, well, with with that amazing wordplay, yes, you are. Yeah, thanks. Um, a murder mystery, or like a mystery, uh, set in an office. I was talking about um, a slasher film earlier, but this more like a detective mystery um, set in an office, but the clues. Um, it's all clues from like you know people's body parts that they've um, photo photocopied on the photocopier at a Christmas party. You know what happens? People are always photocopying your ass or or your genitals or tits. Um, and may I was thinking maybe like a, a mystery based around maybe or a gruesome grisly mystery like a Scandi drama set in a, an office where the loads of body parts maybe get photocopied and then the actual body parts found, or they have to identify the body parts with the photocopies of different body parts. I don't know. I've got a, a small idea about the photocopier killer. I mean, I, I like this idea. I mean, I, I've, I know, I know we've spoke earlier in this podcast about how uh, the office setting is a, is a good place for like horror movies and things like that. Uh, I'd quite like to see, and I, I know I mentioned a Korean horror movie earlier in the guise of office, which you should definitely have a watch of. Um, but I would love to see um, the genre, you know, those, um, that, there's quite a lot of South Asian movies about like technology um, about like like phones going evil and stuff like that, you know, like the ring, the grudge, uh, one missed call, pulse, um, and it's a it's a genre I absolutely love. I haven't seen um, call centers be used as um, a source of horror yet, and I mean call centers are fucking horrible places. They, they terrify me. Um, I think there might be a couple of indie films which deal with that. Oh, so, okay. The one you watch called Guilty as well, which is a bit like a. Yeah, I mean that's a, that's a very straight drama, but yeah. that's that's an interesting one to suggest actually in this genre. A Guilty, I think it's actually The Guilty, the fantastic. I believe it's Norwegian film, um, all set with one guy who is uh, he he works for the police and he's one of those guys that receives emergency calls. He essentially works for nine nine nine, and yeah, it's it's about a single case that he's working on. It's very interesting, similar to Lock, that movie with Tom Hardy, where it's it's just him in a car uh, talking on a phone. Well, that's but yeah, that's a great concept for a movie, call center. But there's an episode of uh, Inside Number Nine, oh. Revertini, um, which is just like that, and it's all set and. The whole episode is on split camera screen, like you're looking at a CCTV, you know, video footage of inside an office. Um, and it's like a Samaritan style call center. Um, and it's absolutely incredible. It's, it's one of my favorite episodes they've ever done. Can't even remember the name of it. I think it's in season three um, or season two. I, I don't know, but you'll find it. If you check out the uh, inside number nine, there's one set in a call center. And yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. So if anyone could make a horror movie like that, it's them. 